0: Been in the book of Ephesians, where Paul's been talking to us about how we can continue to grow in our faith and our lives can look more and more like God calls us to live. And this week uh, we're going to jump right in because he gives us this this illustration that I think is just so powerful. Here uh, in verse one says this: Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us. And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So we follow God's example, it says, as dearly loved children. Okay, so he's using this example of kind of like parents and children. Because if you know anything about kids, you know that kids love to imitate us, don't they? They love to, they, if, you, if you're a parent, you've probably seen this, your kid, uh, they do the things that you tend to do, whether you want them to do it or not, right? They just tend to do it because this is how they learn to live. This is how they uh, learn to uh, to grow up, is they imitate us on some certain things. And and oftentimes that's great, but sometimes that can be kind of challenging. So I, when, when I was a number of years ago, when we first started at our last church called Stillwater Church, uh, the church it was a great church with not great finances. And we had a lot of challenges because my first weekend learned that If nothing changed, if we didn't lose anybody, we would be bankrupt in 18 months, and uh, that's not great news, you know, and unfortunately, uh, if you gave a dollar to the church in those days, 70 cents was going to pay for the payroll, and 30 cents was going to pay for the facility because we had a big mortgage, so there's not really a lot of flexibility with that whole mortgage thing, you know, so that meant that we were going to have to make some really painful, really difficult staff changes. We had to lay off a number of folks. And it was just the absolute worst time in my ministry. I hated it. It was really hard. And we, and so I, I didn't like to talk about those things at home a lot because it was kind of difficult. But I had to let our, our family know about the layoffs because our kids, they liked the staff a lot. And they were going to miss a lot of the folks that we weren't going to have around anymore. And so the, the kids were pretty young at the time. They were, I think, about seven, five, and three. And so I told them about this. And we were at church one night. We had had an event. And after that event, I was cleaning a few things up and came down the hall, and I could hear the kids. It was my kids and several other kids. They were in my office, and I was hearing just this hysterical laughing. They are just in there just laughing and having a great old time, right? So I go to see what's going on, and I just kind of look through the glass there at the door. And I look in, and Jacob, our oldest, he had, he had gotten a box, and he had made himself this, like, makeshift pulpit, right? And he's in there. And I'm like, oh, man, he's delivering his first sermon, right? Like, just wants to be like Dad. This is really touching to my heart, you know? And so I thought, I'm just going to stand out here and listen to what his first sermon's about, right? And so he's got the kids, and they're all kind of like around the front of this pulpit, right? And he looks out at one of them, and he goes, you're fired. And the kid falls back. And another, you're fired. You're fired. And they all, one by one, fall over, right? And they're just laughing hysterically. And I opened the door. I was like, "What what are you doing?" And he goes, "Dad, I'm playing pastor." <laughs> oh. Throw another 100 in the counseling jar, right? Like this is not what being a pastor is all about. It's not how it's supposed to be, you know. But they imitate us or what they think that we are, whether they like it or not. I tried to explain the difference in firing and layoffs. They carried nothing about my little HR law explanations. They were having way too much fun laughing at my pathetic life at the time, you know. And that's what kids do. They imitate us. And Paul's telling us here that we are supposed to be imitators or to follow God's example, to follow God's example, and and like it or not, they're gonna they're gonna do that. They're gonna follow our example. Behavioral scientists they call this behavior attunement, attunement, and that is when kid, when someone else sees a behavior that they they like or that they value, they try to replicate that themselves. In fact, I think we got an image here. Some kids they're they're watching dad brush his teeth, right? And it's a great example. Or maybe we don't know, that's okay. Uh, it's a great, there they are, yeah, it's a great example, right, of what kids, you know, they, they see something, this is healthy behavior, we like good hygiene, you know, and, and so they're, they're watching dad, they're imitating dad. This is attunement. And interestingly, it's not just behaviors, this can actually impact personal appearance, because this is how kids learn what does a happy face look like well they look at mom or dad when they're really little and they see mom or dad when they're happy and they learn this is what a happy face looks like in fact i want to invite marissa to come up here marissa is our daughter our youngest child and uh, so marissa is a good example of this uh, because so marissa came into our family on may the 4th 2009 that's her birthday and uh, we had the blessing of adopting Marissa. Uh, in fact, Jennifer, my wife, got to cut the cord, and I was right outside the door. It was just one of the best days of my entire life. And so it's really fun because Marissa is, of course, adopted into our family. But when, when she was, especially uh, in her earlier years, sometimes she and Jennifer would be at the store, and, and Jennifer would have people say to her, your daughter looks so much like you. Now, the funny thing is they don't really share the DNA thing, right, you know, but what they do is they have very similar happy responses because in our family, we all try to be nice, we do, but there are two people in our family that are extra nice and one of them is on the stage right now, her name is Marissa and she imitates mom really well, right? And so even though biologically they don't share the same gene pool, Marissa was doing this attunement thing, watching mom and learning from the earliest days. Thanks, Marissa. Let's give her a hand. <laughs> I would have had mom come up too, but she's at a soccer tournament, so, you know, it is what it is. But, but this is attunement. We imitate our parents, and that's a good and healthy thing. And this is what God is saying that we should be doing. We should be imitating God. Verse, verse 1, follow God's example as dearly loved children, he says. And this example is not easy to, fo- to follow. We walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us. So Jesus Christ, he loves you, and, and, and this is what God's love looks like. It's a sacrificial love. It's, it's not just a love that says, oh, I love you because you're doing what I want you to do and, and, and things are going well, so, so I'll love you. Like, that's transactional love. Anybody can love with a transactional love. Anybody can be nice to people who are nice to them. Big deal. That doesn't mean a lot. Christ's love for us is a different kind of love, and, and it's a love that is a sacrificial kind of love. It's a love that is an endless kind of love. In fact, God loves you so much it's an unconditional love. It's not given because you're great, because you're going to have days where you're not so great, and God's still going to love you 100%. He's not going to love you any less. And you're going to have your best days, and God's going to still love you 100%, because God loves you because you who you are. You are adopted into God's family. You are chosen by God and brought into his family. Sometimes we struggle to love others because we look at them. And we say, well, you know what? They're not really worthy of my love. Like, they're not being so nice and loving to me. Once they're more loving to me, then I'll be more loving to them. Nope, that's not how it works for followers of Jesus. Our example of love is not supposed to be just one another. Our example of love is our Heavenly Father. We love as God loves. And God is like the perfect parent, the best parent ever, right? God, this is who God is. And so we're supposed to be imitating him. So if your friends are frustrating you or your family members or others, if they're frustrating you and you find them hard to love, well, you got to stop looking at your friend's faults and you got to start looking at your father's face, Okay, Because it's your heavenly father or, or parent, right? Your heavenly parent here, it's not a gender-specific thing. Your heavenly parent is the one who loves you so much, who is your example of love. So look at God's love for you, and that's how you're called to love others. Say, wow, that's tough. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a big love. That's, a, that's not a, an easy love to replicate, and maybe for some of us, we're here today, and honestly, this whole like uh, father or parent metaphor, maybe it's tough for us, because maybe you say, my, my dad was not a great dad, or my mom was, was not a great mom, and it's really, it's hard for me to think of imitating a parent's kind of love as a good thing. And if that's you, first I want to say, I'm so sorry I'm so sorry that you've been through that. It's such an incredibly difficult thing. And I want you to know that God's love for you is a perfect love. Even if you had the best dad or mom in the world, God's love is even better than that. It's a perfect love. It's not limited by our own human flaws. And maybe for some of you, you are you're really striving to to break some chains some generational chains i've gotten to know some of you i know there's there's some of that here that mom or dad they they, they did a lot of drinking or a lot of drug abusing and you're saying man that that ends with me i'm stopping that here i'm not going to pass that on to my children for some of you you were abused emotionally phys- physically sexually And just such painful, awful things. And you're saying, by God's help, I want to be different. I want to to see those chains broken. And I believe, I know that by the power of the Holy Spirit, those chains can and will be broken. That, that, That in God, that there is that hope. And maybe there's some others of us here today and you've been a part of one of those families where the example growing up was not good and and maybe right now you're feeling some guilt because you're saying i'm honestly i'm passing on some of that same garbage to my kids and i don't know if there's any hope that i can be different well let me tell you something friend there is his name is jesus he gave his life for you so that you can be different and, and when you give yourself to him, he fills you with the power of the Holy Spirit. And so you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and it's living inside of you. And so there is hope for you. There is hope for your family. There is hope for your children. That that Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he is breaking, he wants to break these generational chains so that there can be generational change in your family. God wants to do that. In fact, I need to stop right now and I just need to pray. God, I know that we've got some families here who are really hurting. And this whole idea of even imitating a parent is so tough. I just pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit right now that you would be at work. That you would be bringing the change that only you can bring. God, we give our families to you. We give those to you who have suffered under the hands of parents who were not loving, not kind. Who walked out on us or who hurt us. Lord, would you heal as only you can heal? Would you break these chains? Maybe for generations our family has been defined by this. Would you break that, God, today? Lord, I pray for those who may need to seek our healing ministry here at Anderson Hills, Lord, that, Lord, find a prayer partner after church or seek healing, Lord, that, God, that you would be bringing that healing in our lives. You can do that, and we trust you, God. Lord, we love you, and we pray this all in your holy name. Amen. You know, we're called to imitate our, our Heavenly Father, and he's, he's like the perfect parent ever. You might say, okay, well, how do I imitate this heavenly parent if I can't see him, right? What does that look like? Well, at Anderson Hills, we talk about these six habits, and as we practice these habits, uh, they're so powerful. They they make a difference in our lives, and I know many of you have seen this before, but they may seem basic, but, but they're anything but that. Because when we do these simple things, God brings about massive change in our lives. We, we spend time with God daily. And for some of you, I know you do this a lot, and praise God. Maybe others, you're like, I don't do that. I, I don't even know hardly what that means. Well, we've got this great Bible reading plan. You can, you can get it on our website. You can stop out at the Connection Center afterwards. You can get the Bible reading plan and read. Uh, you can spend some time and pray. In fact, I want to dare you, if you don't do this, I dare you to take three minutes a day this week. Just three. I know it's not much, and whether you're retired or whether you're you're CEO of a big company, it doesn't matter. You can make three minutes. I promise. You can. We we spend three minutes a week on a lot dumber, or a day on a lot dumber stuff than that. So so take three minutes a day and say, God, I give myself to you. I want to read your word, and just, would you show yourself to me? Would you help me to know you more? Start there, and then come talk to me or talk to one of us on staff. We'll help you take the next steps. We give generously because God calls us to do this. This is one of the ways that we show that Jesus is Lord because instead of taking all the resources that I have and spending them on myself, I'm generous and I use those to, to bless others. It's something we do here a lot at Anderson Hills. We get to give away hundreds of thousands of dollars a year because you are so generous. To missions around the globe, the sun never sets on your giving here. And I'm so thankful for your generosity. It is changing lives. We participate in a small group because when you're in a small group, you, your life can be impacted because others can hold you accountable. They can encourage you. They can help you on the bad days. They can support you on the great days. It's a powerful way. And we've got awesome groups. I know from experience, I'm attending like all of them right now. Like I'm going through them all one by one. It's taking me a long time. But let me tell you, we've got awesome groups. We've got groups that gather for breakfast. We've got groups that gather for dessert. I'm going to one that's cooking out tonight. I'm going to be up at least 20 pounds by the end of this whole experience, you know. But, but this is awesome, like we have these groups, we have groups that don't eat as well, if you're not into that. We've got groups that do all kinds of things, and we'd love to get you hooked up in a group. If you're not in one, stop at the Connection Center, email the church office, it's an awesome way to grow in your faith. Also, we share our faith. You might say, oh, I didn't go to seminary, that's not my job. Wrong. We can all do this. I was talking with somebody just yesterday from Anderson Hills, he was in a conversation uh, with somebody at a store, and they were just kind of chatting, and just said, hey, do you know that God loves you? And it opened a whole big conversation. Got to invite him to church. All this stuff, and anybody can do that. But it doesn't have to just be with a stranger. You can invite a coworker, or a friend, or a family member to come to church, come to my my life group, whatever it is. I challenge you to do that. Also, we serve in a ministry. And it's prime time, right? we got the big red tower out there. You can stop and see Pam. She'll hook you up. We've got so many awesome opportunities, like Chip told us about earlier. And it is such a powerful thing. Because when I serve and I give of myself, God uses me in bigger ways than I could have ever imagined. And I get to draw closer to to God through that experience. We've got so many awesome ways. And I'm just so excited as we're we're coming back from, from COVID now. This is the best time ever to sign up to serve because we got so many things that are starting up, and it's just an exciting season that we're stepping into, and we need you. We're not complete without you, church. We need you, and we invite you to do that. And finally, we worship God. We come here to this place, we sing, we worship God. It's not just today. It could be a a seven-day-a-week thing. You can would turn on some music in your car. You can shut off the radio and pray. Whatever it may be, we can worship God in so many different ways. These are six of many ways that we look at our Heavenly Father, and we say, yes, I want to replicate what I see in my perfect parent. I want to replicate that in my life. So Paul's been given this imitation example, and it's powerful, but he's going to give us one more example. Verse 8. For you were once, dark, for you were once darkness, but now you are light... In the Lord, live as children of the light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, and find out what pleases the Lord. Yes, you were once in the darkness of sin, right? That's where we all start off. And the Bible says we're dead in our trespasses and sins, but we don't stay there when we say yes to Jesus, it's like He calls us into this light. He invites us into this new light. And it's like if you went into a dark room and you flip on the light and suddenly you can see everything that's there. You can see so differently. Verse 11, it says, Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to mention even what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That's why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, from the dead. Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So Paul shifts to a different metaphor here. He's into light and darkness now. He's saying that you once lived in this dark way. And now you're called to be children of the light. You're called to live differently. So when we imitate our heavenly parent, now it's like we're stepping out of the darkness and into this new light. The Bible tells us that if anyone is in Jesus Christ, that, old pers- or that, that person is a new creation. The old is past and the new is come. When we give our life to Jesus, the old is past and the new is come. It's, it's a miracle of God in our life. It's a powerful thing and it changes us. And so when we follow our Heavenly Father's example, we leave the darkness of the devil, and we live in the light of the Lord. This is how God calls us to live. D.L. Moody used to say that character is what you are in the dark. All of us can put on a face when we're here around others, but who are you when others are not looking? And maybe for some of us, we say, yeah, there's There's a lot of darkness there. And that's where some of those six habits can really help us to grow in our faith, can help us to grow closer and closer to to God who loves us so much. I think, particularly, joining a life group or a band is so impactful for this. Bands are like little life groups where we meet together and we share our struggles with each other. We confess things to each other and we hold each other accountable. And I can just tell you, I've done this for years in my life and it is life transforming. It really is. I don't know who I would be without my band. They, they hold me accountable. They keep me on track. They pray for me. They support me on the best days and on the worst days. And if you're interested in that, we'd love to get you connected. We're starting new ones all the time, and we'd love to get you connected in one of those. I know Pastor Mark talked about that last weekend, and it's a powerful, powerful thing. So, so now we have hope because we're children of the light, not children of the darkness, and, and so we don't have to be tainted by that stuff. Verse 13 is such a powerful verse. It says, Everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Now, this is interesting. Because your adopted heavenly parent, he knows everything about you. Absolutely everything. All the great stuff, all the dark stuff, everything in between. And yet, knowing all that, he still chooses to love you and me. And that's amazing. It's not an earned love, not a deserved love. It's a freely given love. It's the most incredible love that you'll ever experience in your life. The Bible tells us that we give our life to Jesus. He forgives us. He takes our sins. He casts them as far away as the east is from the west, right? They are gone, fully removed. Thanks be to God. Whether you think you're the best person here or the worst person here, doesn't matter. God, when you you give your life to him, he forgives you, he comes into your life, and he changes you. And we've been talking about how the gospel has two halves, right? And the first half is that, God loves you, and he loves you with this incredible love and wants you to say yes to that love. But the second half is also essential, and that is that you're called to love others. We don't just receive love, we give love as well. And that's so essential. And that's where this verse, verse 13, everything that is illuminated by becomes a light. Now, I think that Paul might have been a little ahead of his time with this here, right? Because I was thinking about how this relates uh, to an invention that I saw recently. You know how in the the roads there's like reflectors in the roads sometimes, right? Well, they've got these new ones that are solar-powered lights that go in the road, right? And so all day long, these things, they're off. They soak up sunlight and energy, right? And then at night, they don't just reflect your car's light. They actually shine a light. Everything that is illuminated becomes a light. And I know Paul wasn't real up on his green technology, but still, I think there's some relevance here. That, That these things, they are illuminated all day long, and then they become a light. That's what we're called to be, church, both as individuals and as a collective body. We are called to be a light in this dark world. Jesus said it this way, Matthew 5. This is our marching orders. This is our job, church, that we are to let our light shine before others so that they may see our good deeds and glorify us, nope, glorify God in heaven. They don't look at us and say, oh, what wonderful people, oh, what a wonderful church. No, they say, oh, we know them, they're kind of messed up, they must serve a great God. Because they they on their own would not be that great, right? They you know just one example. Over the past decade, we've given over a million dollars to plant, to put wells in Africa, right? And, and I love that. That any of us individually, we we could not. Well, speak for myself. I could not have done that. Maybe you could have done a million on your own. I could not have done that. Okay, but collectively we come together, and that's just one thing of many other things that God has used us for, and will continue to do in. And through us, we are called to be this light. And when we step forward and we say, yes, God, here I am. Use me. What do you want from me? What do you want to do in me? I, I'll take a risk. I'll stop by that red tower out there and I'll, and, and I'll read some things and I'll take a card and, I, and I'll give it a try. And if it's not the right one, I'll come back and I'll find something else that's right. Because church... We're entering this this season that is just so incredibly exciting. You know, we had uh, good news from the CDC this past week, right? We're moving steps, moving through this pandemic. I know it's not done. I know it's. I know that, but it's exciting to hear about changes up and coming, right? And that things like masks will soon be optional. But you know what? Online worship is still going to be happening. It's a long term. This is a permanent thing for us because our friends worshiping with us online are so essential. And we get to reach new people we wouldn't have gotten to reach otherwise. And they are going to be friends that are online, you're going to be coming back soon. And man, I'm so excited to get to meet you in person. There will be others you'll be staying online, and, and we'll, we'll connect that way. Uh, but we're going to have folks who will be new to our church five years from now. Folks who will be new to our church, and they're going to check us out for the first time online. And that's so essential. So we're going to keep ramping that up and striving to do better and better with that. We're, I've been talking with Kevin, our new youth pastor, about just exciting ideas he's got for our youth group. And he's just in the praying and dreaming stage with folks. But man, it's going to be so good. We have an awesome history of youth ministry here at this church. And I know that it's just going to continue to come back, and God's going to do things. He's going to be changing our students' lives. They're going to Appalachia this summer. And it's going to be awesome, and they're going to camp and so many other things. They they mulched our, our grounds yesterday, and it looks amazing. Our, our students are really awesome, and uh, God's going to do awesome things through our our student ministry. Also, through our children's ministry, I've been talking to you about this, about how we got to ramp this up, right, because we got to get open at nine thirty, and a bunch of you have responded already, and so I've, I heard a rumor that we're shooting for June 6th as our opening starting date for uh, 930. But we need some more of you to help out, right? And I believe in this so much, church, that God is he's calling people back, and we're going to have our children back in larger and larger and larger numbers. Some of them, they're home right now, and they're watching online, and they're so pumped to get back here. But they need for us to be involved and to be serving. Uh, so that can be possible. So you can sign up for that because this is part of how we're a light on the hill, right? This city set on a hill, that when folks come into this place, they're just like it's been for a long time, that their kids are gonna have a great place to go, not just to be babysat, but to where that they can hear the good news of Jesus and they can give their lives to Him and they're gonna experience God in this in this place, and it's gonna change their lives because this is what God calls us to do. He calls us to be faithful. And we're going to be going out on mission trips. And we're going to be serving in our community. We're still doing dinners over at Salem on Thursday night. And new life groups are going to start. And new ministry opportunities are going to launch. Some of them might be in your brain and your brain only right now. And God's giving you this vision. And he's going to bring it to fruition at this place. I can't tell you how excited I am about the ministry of this church. I can't tell you how excited I am about this season. And you know what, in just a month from now, We're going to celebrate pastor mark's retirement and it's it's a it's a bittersweet thing for us because mark means so much to all of us and he means so much to our church and and we're going to miss having him in the role that he's been as our senior pastor for for 18 years but you know i know mark pretty well and i know that he is while he's retiring his passion for this place is not decreasing And when we talk, he talks to me almost every day about how essential it is for people at this church to be actively involved in serving. He is so passionate about that. And his passion for that over the past 18 years has been one of the things that has defined us and has shaped us. And as we celebrate his his, he and Melinda's transition into retirement and as part of our, our church family here, one of the greatest ways that we can honor him is by being active and serving in ministries because this is the church that God has built under Pastor Mark's leadership. And one of the best ways that we can honor him is, is just to have this place uh, back and running, just full throttle, making, making new disciples of Jesus because that's what we're called to do. We're called to be this light. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill, a church sat on a hill cannot be hidden. And we're not going to be hidden. No, we are going to be reaching people for Jesus Christ because that's why he brought us here. That's why he's had us here for the past 200 years and he's going to have us here for the next 200 plus because God's work is only beginning. It's only beginning and I'm so excited to see what God will continue to do we're going to start new life groups. We're going to start new discipleship bands. We're going to reach more children. We're going to reach more youth. We're going to serve in mission. I'm so pumped. Are you in with me? I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see what God is going to do. God, would you use us, not for our glory, but for yours, to be that light, that that church, that sits on a hill, that others can see us and glorify you, not us, but you, that when they come in this place, they would experience the power of your Holy Spirit, God, that they would know that you are real, that they would know that you are changing lives because they see us, they see changed lives. God, I pray that you would strengthen us, that you would, that you would uh, call us to who you're calling us to be for this next season. Lord, I pray for that person today who for the first time is going to step forward in ministry and serve. I just pray that you would lead them to the right place and that you would bless them. I pray for those who've been serving here for years, even decades, Lord, that you would help them just to see just a tiny taste of how they're changing lives by your power, God. Lord, I just pray that you would just continue to build your church here, build your kingdom here in Anderson Township, in Salem, in Claremont County, Mount Washington. Lord, that you would be in, in, in all around the world where we're at online, that you would do that. Lord, we give ourselves to you. We love you and we pray all of this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.